0: Welcome to this week's edition of the Casual Shooters Podcast, your premier podcast for the casual shooter. This week's guest has been on before, but now there are a lot of folks using his ELO rating software program. I've been using the USPSA analyst portion of it to calculate port uh, blah, 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 points races at the local matches around me. He was recently fifth at Handgun National Shooting Revolver. Join me in welcoming to the show, Jay Slater. How are you doing, Jay?
1: I'm doing great. It's good to be back, Dave.
0: It's good having you back. This is exciting.
1: Yeah. No, I've never been on a podcast twice before, except for the one Uh, I had briefly.
0: (laughs) Okay. (laughs) I hope so. (laughs) Oh, all right. So we're going to, I was going to start somewhere else, but I'm going to ask you about that. What's this story oh, okay. so, about a podcast briefly?
1: Oh, so back in uh, oh 2016 or 2017 for right after I got married and for I don't know five or six years after that, uh, oh, four or five I guess I lived in the same apartment complex as a college friend of mine and uh, he and I shared an interest in kind of geopolitics and, and uh, mm-hmm. uh, military equipment and so forth. So we would talk about that for an hour, a month or so and we did that actually for about two years
0: so would you have been talking about recent events in israel
1: oh almost certainly yeah okay very
0: interesting i had no idea you learn a lot talking to people
1: (laughs) it's true for sure Uh, he was always much uh much more up to the minute on the, the reading and the research than i was uh we we co-wrote a blog too for a while, kind of on the same topic. And whenever it came down to like the the real nitty gritty about, say, the history of uh, of tanks or comparative evaluations of small arms overseas, like that was his that was his his bag,
0: his forte, huh? Yeah, exactly. Okay, uh, well that's fair enough. That's pretty cool though. Interesting learning a different side of you. I've only known you as yeah. the you know the revolver software guy.
1: <laughs> that's these days. That's mostly what I am. <laughs>
0: okay fair enough then um all right so a lot a lot of topics it's funny because as i mentioned earlier i was finishing up some training for work we have the we have like six seven eight different mandatory little um computer training modules we have to do throughout the year and uh yeah. I was just getting ready to get on and send you a message when you message me about coming on tonight. So that's exciting. Um, where I want to start because it's the most recent, literally like you finished it up a day and a half ago, two days ago. Now it's 48 hours, um, was handgun nationals. Um, give me your thoughts generally on the match as a whole.
1: Oh boy. That was a challenge. Uh, so it, people, people have said it's the hardest match, uh, the hardest match they've shot, and I think I'd probably agree with that on, on the whole. Um, okay. I got. I'll give the the shout out to to Keanu Sai uh, and Maryland State that they had the hardest target I shot at this year, which was like a forty yard mini popper. But in terms of average difficulty, I think uh, this handgun nationals is definitely the hardest match I've ever shot.
0: Wow! So from beginning to end, it was not easy.
1: Yeah, there were. Let's see stages that had I don't know if there were beside there were a couple of those short courses uh, like doubled up on some of the the back bays right but beyond those i think pretty much everything had a target at at least i don't know 15 or 20 yards okay know, uh, on on instagram uh hale just did uh, yeah just i was ask some, some you numbers yeah yeah so there there crazy. were uh, there were uh, of 450 shots. There were about 75 targets. So 150 shots, about a third of the match closer than 12 yards. And by her numbers, almost all of those were partials. There were maybe 15 close open targets in the entire match.
0: Yeah. I'm trying here we go. Yeah, you're right. Here it is. Um, so she's on Instagram at hill of a shooter. I've had her on, but yeah, uh, they had over 10, tar- 10 targets were over 30 yards. They had, 50 targets over 20 yards, 80 partials, 10 movers, 40 mini poppers, no full size poppers, 75 targets between 15 and 20 and 75 inside of 12, but only 15. So 20% of those 75 were open targets, all the rest were partials or something of that nature. Yeah. Or, you know, that's, that, That's those are some crazy numbers.
1: <laughs> yeah, sadly. So I, I, I don't know if she meant that there were only 15 open targets close up in the whole match or 15 open targets you could shoot on while moving in the whole match, but I could probably believe 15 close bin targets just total.
0: Yeah. And I mean, she had of which only 15 were wide open targets that let you move while shooting with little to no
1: risk. Yes. Yeah. So, so it it could it could have been like there, there might have been some close ones on liens that weren't really uh, that weren't mm-hmm. really going to be moving targets anyway. But
0: right, you but know, either way, it, it's a difficult match. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Those those numbers are pretty stark. So it's yeah, and, good for her to do that.
1: Yeah, one hundred percent. Sadly, I uh, I had some camera trouble, so I didn't get to record. Uh, very much of the match. I would have probably gone and done the same thing if I uh, if I had footage of, of all the stages. But uh,
0: I saw that. Now, what what cameras were you using that didn't work?
1: Uh, so I have a, a run cam too. I use my hat cam, which is like a a drone first person video camera.
0: Hmm. But
1: among its uh, so its big advantages is that it's cheap and it's also light. Okay. The draw the drawbacks are that it's uh, not waterproof. And the, the, the video's the video's not great either, but I don't tend to care about that as much for hat, for hat cam stuff. Uh, so I think sometime over the past two years, I've been using it. Some water's gotten inside, and now uh, the charging port's not totally functional, and the the battery's not huge either. So when it gets cold, the uh, when, when it gets cold, you lose a lot of battery life, and you find it turning off, you know, halfway through a stage. Okay. Which bit of a bummer. And same thing. So my, my overhead camera is a, a GoPro knockoff. I think. <laughs> so, you know, the, uh, you know, the, the Harbor Freight tool strategy, right? Oh yeah. When, when you're buying something. Yeah. When you're buying something, you don't know if you're going to use a lot, you buy it from Harbor Freight first. And then when it breaks, you have permission to go and buy a better one. So I think I'm probably <laughs> going to be spending a couple hundred bucks on cameras this off season.
0: And it's funny because Nils even posted that, when he was warming up, he was practicing difficult shots. Yeah. So, I mean, even he realized before the match even started, he's like, oh, this is going to be a difficult match.
1: Yeah, it, it now, makes me – so I, I the, the bays I have to practice in, the bays I practice in most often, they're about 20 or 25 yards deep. And so that, that in my mind, is typically I'm, – I'm practicing on far targets. But in this case, at this match, I'm kind of practicing on, like, the median difficulty target, shooting at 20 yards. Gotcha. Yeah, it, it makes me it makes me happy. I walked across the access road and shot some plates at like forty. Then I uh, that's that's a good confidence builder to take into the match.
0: Uh, I was going to ask. Do you think it helped doing that?
1: Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, if nothing else, to like to remind myself that I can hit those shots if it comes to it.
0: Okay. Now the um in I don't know if you went to uh Cary Optics Nationals even just to visit, but. They had quite a bit of rain on day one, and then it got better. You guys had cold temperatures, I believe. Saturday, I don't know about Sunday, uh, sat- but I know you did.
1: Saturday and and Sunday both, yeah.
0: Saturday and Sunday both, like thirties for a low.
1: Yeah, we, so we started shooting at eight a.m. on Saturday. It was like a little below thirty degrees, like thirty-seven or so. So,
0: okay. Yeah, was Sunday as cold or? Couple degrees warmer.
1: I so I don't I don't know about Sunday morning since I oh got to, shoot, got to shoot the the oh, PM schedule right. there
0: yeah super, I forgot I was talking to the super squad guy
1: oh yeah <laughs> it was there are benefits <laughs> it was, it's true it was only yeah. uh, like 40, 48 or so when we started at noon it got up to like fifty some there was like a brief period of sun but I, I don't know if you saw on the schedule but because of lower registration numbers at first. They put mm-hmm. the revolver and single stack super squads together at which point everyone finished signing up so we had a squad of 14 for uh for most of the match which was i mean we were a little bit behind time on uh on the last zone and we caught some rain i think that nobody else did because we were the last one shooting
0: uh actually i noticed that because i was live streaming and everybody was done but you guys and i was tracking just to see where like where garen finished where you finished. Yeah. You know, trying to see where in the world everybody was going to finish out. And you're right. Everybody was done. Yep. So Yeah, we uh... I, mean, I guess about an hour before the match ended, I already knew who the overall winners in each division were. But for some, you know, two through five were open or three through six or seven were open. Yeah. So it was tracking that.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I know revolver the uh, the third and fourth battle just ahead of me. That came down literally to the last stage. Um, as the as the rain was starting to fall on the guys after me, uh, so like the the order it ended with Rich Wolf and started with Alex Backen. So they were they went back to back. Uh, Rich, I think, shot two misses on that last stage. Um, mm. Yeah, in, in the dark, and the rain, and the you know all the conditions okay. getting worse all of a sudden. And right. then back in had had a chance there and put a bunch of extra shots. So that was on stage sixteen. Um, for those of those of you who were at the match, that's the one where you probably started on the right side. There's a tux, two far poppers, and a target you could back out on. Um, so Alex took a couple of couple of extra shots on those uh, on those far targets and sort of said after the match, like he could he could feel it slipping away as he was taking those makeup shots.
0: Oh, wow. That's got to suck.
1: Yeah.
0: Man. Okay. Now, there were several people um, that had... Now, there were several people that had footing issues. I know of at least a few people that fell, got injured. Um, Justine posted she injured her knee. I know um there was a dq due to somebody losing their footing and falling down what did you think of the footing
1: i the the gravel at cardinal is pretty uh it's it's like fairly large uh particle size i guess you'd say in like the geoengineering sense and also pretty loose so it it's a little little bit like running in very coarse sand sometimes um i know so i did i I was at karyaptics nationals i uh, had the opportunity to work that match, which was uh, a nice way to get the okay. give back. Um, and there, I noticed like getting started and stopping, I had to take like a little bit of extra time in both directions uh, to stop from overrunning my position. So I had I had that um, that in my head when I came uh, to this match. Okay.
0: I know. I hear. Uh, Go ahead.
1: I, was, I, I hear, I think it was uh, Nick Reynolds um, on one of his, like a, a stage with a retreat. Uh, yeah, slip. There was like a little hump in the gravel, and that cut him out.
0: Wow, okay, not a fun, never, it's never a fun way to go, but that, that seems like a worse no. way to go. Drew Maruski, uh, hmm. we were messaging back and forth, and I had seen that Nick Reynolds had DQ'd. He's the one to let me know that you know, yeah, he fell on the footing, but Drew also said that he was limiting, like, he wasn't going 100% on speed because of the footing now yeah. you knowing that from carry optics same thing did you throttle it back a little bit then
1: not particularly i don't think uh not consciously anyway um okay that 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 was a topic of conversation during the awards dinner uh, apparently I, i'm developing a reputation as the full sand revolver guy <laughs> <laughs> i don't care <laughs> good for you i like it well, so the, well the 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 funny thing is that that's not my internal perception at all. So uh, if, if me shooting like at the pace of my sights looks like I'm going full send to everyone else, that's, that's super promising.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it is. (laughs) It's like a compliment. Exactly. I'm with you. (laughs) And I'm going to get back to who was on your squad. You said you had a huge squad. I'm going to get back to that in a minute. Um, Now we, we talked about the difficulty um briefly but i'm going to um back up a little bit more on that now i'm gonna i'm gonna add in one of the other questions i have so you shot on zone one to begin with and ended up on zone three yes now the interesting part of that was zone one was the smallest zone zone two was medium and then zone three was big yeah lots more bullets on day three many more points to be earned What did you think about that? Because I feel like in years past with nationals, there wasn't really anything like that, but I feel like that could also affect your strategy. And if you had a bad day one, because it was the smallest zone there, you know, you couldn't lose a whole lot of points. Whereas if you started on zone three and had a bad day, oh, lights out.
1: No, absolutely. Zone three was definitely where like the, 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 Keystone of the match, pretty much. Um, I I said in one of my analysis posts about this uh, this event that putting so many points relative to days, pardon, to days one and two on day three for the super squad guys, that's a recipe for like for for dramatic shifts in finish order. So yeah, I know I uh, was like Cesar, uh, what Chernogoi, I believe. Yeah, he, so he's oh, is like, that how uh, you
0: say it, Chernagoy?
1: Chernagoy. Yeah. I'm, okay. I'm, so I'm, I'm guessing. Based on knowledge of other Eastern European languages, but that would be my okay. guess. Okay, yeah.
0: yeah, I'm going with it because I have yeah. no idea.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so so he uh, he was sitting, I think, in fourth or fifth at the end of day two, and uh, like he put in a, like a smoking day three, and ended up he actually beat Elias by four and a half percent on day three, like wow. in zone three. He he was the overall single stack winner of zone three, and that brought him all the way up to second. Uh, and that's wow. the, the same thing. The same thing happened in production to a lesser degree. Uh, like I think Brian Giovanini, uh, he was in sixth to start, the sixth at the end of day two, and then jumped up to third by finishing well in zone three. Okay. Yeah. So that, it does. I mean, it makes it exciting to uh, to watch from home because there is that potential it, when the probable winners are finishing on that zone, uh, on the big zone, for there to be those right. big swings in uh those big swings in finish order.
0: Okay, yeah, and I'm I'm actually um, I actually created a a slide presentation and did a a short podcast Saturday night of where everybody was standing and oh nice what was still to come for day three and that type of thing. So I am try. Here we go. Yeah, I mean Caesar wasn't even in the top five. Yeah. At the end of day two. So for him to go from outside of the top five to number two, holy cow. Yeah. I didn't I didn't realize he he won day three by that much.
1: Yeah. Well, I think day uh, three too, that was that was part of the match. We're having ten in the gun instead of eight, or ten plus one instead of eight plus one. That made a really big difference because there were not I guess the the biggest difficulty on that day was the the infamous stage 18 but uh even even the other ones even the the stuff where there were closer targets those broke down i think better in tens than eights
0: okay now why did you say infamous stage 18.
1: (laughs) (laughs) so stage 18 that was the like the accuracy challenge of the match um there were there were places like there were places on other stages where there was difficult shooting um 18 was just entirely difficult shooting. There was there were three close targets. So like six close shots and 25 shots at like 20 yards and up. And okay. Was, yeah, there there were there were many poppers uh on the left lean at like 28 yards. There were many poppers uh you could take just straight up at a it was like 30ish. Um there were like a one of those half ipsic targets at I don't know probably again 25 and an ipsic tuck at at least 15 or 18.
0: So a lot of deliberate shooting.
1: Absolutely, um, a little bit too much for me. That was uh, a bit of a, I think a strategy error on my part. Um, there was there was a revolver plan floating around that was a little bit weird in terms of where you stood and what reloads you made, but it gave you makeups in every position. And I tried the shoot it clean strategy, and I, I shot it. I shot all the points, most of the points. And I shot um, I shot the stage mostly clean, just one or two makeups, uh, but. Even so, I had to go a whole lot slower to get those hits than the uh, the guys on the the plan with makeups did.
0: Oh wow! Okay. So going back, you would do it the other way. Mm-hmm. Okay. Do you think that made any difference on your standing, though? At the end of the day,
1: uh, maybe a, like a little. So I guess I was oh, well I was what I was uh, half a percent I think behind Alex Beckin for fourth and. I probably could have found half a percent on there. What's so it was like? What uh, four hundred fifty round match times five or yes, yeah, two thousand two hundred fifty. Ten percent of or one percent of that is twenty two. Yeah, I, pro- I probably could have made up some time on there if I had done it in say forty three seconds instead of fifty three. Okay,
0: I should have. I thought I had the um, scores up from handgun nationals, but I do not. We don't want. That. That's what we want. Um, yeah, I mean, you were you were nineteen points behind, which was only uh, you were less than a percentage point. So nineteen points on yeah. a huge stage, probably not too hard to to overcome.
1: Yeah, let's take. Well, let's take. I've got. Uh, i got the scores up here myself too. So if I give okay. myself, oh, actually, back and finish behind me on that. Never mind. So I guess I I could have gained some, but I was already ahead of him a little bit. We were both we both shot the same plan, and I think we both had some like some similar issues there. Okay. Yeah.
0: All right. Now, so I I want to go back now to the size of your squad. At first, I noticed you even posted um, a picture that it was just going to be a few of you initially
1: yeah that was way back uh when the pre-registration codes went down yeah
0: right now was michael Poggi and james mcginty both on the squad with you
1: Uh, at that point i don't think either of them had signed up
0: okay but when you shot over were they both okay yeah so was there anybody in the top five that weren't on your squad? Uh,
1: the Revolver Super Squad had uh, 1 through 6, uh, 8, 9, and 10, as, okay. uh, like, as far as Revolver goes, yeah. Okay.
0: I, I can understand Garen not being on there. I mean, he's never yeah. shot Revolver, so...
1: Yeah, I, I hear he picked up the gun about a week ago. So uh, on, on the back of that, that's a pretty good performance. He was, I I hear he was kind of speed running all of the gun issues that we tend to work out over the course of, uh, you know, like a year in <laughs> in, in one match. So. Wow.
0: That's crazy. That, that, you know what, though? that That is a testament to how good of just a shooter the guy is. If he's yeah, able to yeah. pick up a revolver that quick and run it as well as he did, that's impressive.
1: Very much so. I think it's like looking at, uh, the issues he had and the finishes on stages where it looks like he just shot. Okay. Um, I think he probably peaks against Pogi about where he peaked in carry optics. It's like, he'd be in the, like in the nineties, if everything goes right for him and the gun works.
0: Okay. Now, um, I, I feel like Michael is a slow starter.
1: He can be, um, he has like another gear that he will go into when the situation demands. So it's, it's frequently closer on day one than it is on other days.
0: Yeah. And, and that's what I was going to say. even during my, my live streaming, I'm pretty sure it was day three when I was live streaming, I don't think it was the little podcast episode I did, but I mentioned that, you know, he's like gear two on day one. Then he goes up to gear four on day two. And then by the time day three comes around, he's in a gear that most vehicles don't even have. He's just really hitting his, he's like that cheetah hitting a stride, you know? Exactly. Yeah. And I feel like this format this weekend was perfect for Michael Poggi because it, it started off small, went to medium, and then boom, you hit the big ones. So, and the other thing I picked up on that I talked about on Saturday was he was in a position um, to beat a lot of the other guys in the other divisions. And I, oh, I'm, yeah. I'm talking top five guys. Oh, wow. It was uh, very impressive. With his use, he could potentially uh, score he was right there who they might've been Scott Brown. And I'm trying to remember who the other (laughs) one was now. Uh, Oh, I think it was Max. It was either Max or Elias. One of the two. I mean, they were, they were out there good ways, but, um, those were the only two, everybody else he could potentially catch.
1: Yeah. Well, like if you look at, uh, at his scores, oh, where is he? There he is. If you look at his scores in single stack, he's like almost in the top ten.
0: Yeah, I'm trying to. Uh, I'm trying to see uh, okay. where he finished in the match overall.
1: Uh, 69 percent or so. But yeah, if you if you combine uh, single stack and revolver, he is twelfth uh, at eighty-four percent. There you go. It's one of one of the local guys, uh, Rich Alloway, um, He's like single stack M. He finished thirteenth uh, this year, and he's kind of like my uh, my pace marker. If I want to be like a revolver title winner, I've got to be beating him at locals, which it's crazy. Like a the like the the bar for revolver is like good single stack master.
0: Do you feel that the that format of the small, then medium, then large did that affect? Uh, or change any type of strategy, or did that even come into play at all?
1: I'm not typically thinking on that level myself. Uh, I have a very, like, Steve Anderson, take each stage as it is and okay. do that stage as best I can kind of a mindset. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. And, I, and I, I, I'm not
0: sure how many people would actually... Because I didn't pick up on it till I was doing a recap of day two. So I don't know how many people would have picked up on that format anyway.
1: Uh, Going into like at the end of day one or two, I think it was kind of a topic of discussion. So people knew it was a thing. But uh, again, I think it's, I don't don't know if it made a difference. Certainly not to me. I, I couldn't speak for anyone else.
0: Do you continue with that same Steve Anderson Philosophy till the end, or do you? Are you one of those people that will look at the practice score competitor app to see what you need to do?
1: Oh, I've uh, i i had it on my phone this match, but I'll frequently uninstall it before I shoot a major just to remove the temptation to look. Uh, the, okay. Yeah, the the performance that I'm going to get is the performance that I have earned based on training and. Uh, My goal at a match is to put in that performance. Uh, Not necessarily uh, the finish order is great too when that uh, pans out. But but I don't know if I'd be happier shooting like a second place finish that is exactly on my level of skill or lucking into a first place. But uh, probably lucking into a first place. Let's be real. But (laughs) yeah, for sure. (laughs) Yeah, but uh, there's I, I take a lot of satisfaction from living up to the like the standard that I've set for myself so far.
0: Now, which of those three zones was your favorite?
1: I actually liked zone one. I think the best of the three and people, uh, people are down on zone one because of the, uh, like the wooden walled bays and the necessity of having targets all downrange. But I thought those designs, uh, that, that, on the whole, I think I liked those the most. There were a couple deeper in the match, like, uh, 11 and 21, I think 11, 21, 16. Those like those had some room to be, uh, flowing. Which that's one of my uh, like one of one of the high points of my skill set. I think the being able to, like to move through a stage while shooting without having to post up as much. And this this was a very post up match. So uh, having those couple of islands of it. Would okay. Nice. Yeah. I don't know it's difficult. It's a, it's a little hard for me to say again because uh, my. Memory for stages is very bad, and I typically rely on my video to tell me what I like, what the stages were, and which ones I liked. Uh, it, it's kind—it's of, kind of nice this time, um, because going over the video, there's a tendency to kind of see the things that you saw as flaws in the moment, and then amplify those in your head until you take away the wrong lesson. Uh, now I've kind of got—I've like, got the scores to look at, and I—I uh, I, still—I I know where the mistakes were in those, but they're less at the four now because I don't have, they're not recorded.
0: Let's switch over for just a moment and let's talk your ELO ratings. Do you, are you happy with the predictions that were made? Do you think the software is going in the direction you, you want it to go?
1: Yes. I think, uh, I think it did a pretty good job to uh, this, this year. I'm going to, on my other screen, I'm going to fire those up and uh, I'll take a look at, the, the the, outcomes and results uh and i can i can answer in a little bit more depth then the, like there are a couple of places uh so okay yeah in in limited you know scott won and uh scott won and joey you know came in second i, I had them the other way around in the predictions but it the, were still pretty close and i'm still i think okay with the way that it leaves joey on top despite the the nationals second place just because of his campaign of domination through all of the uh through all of the area matches this year.
0: I know this is, it's just software. So it's predicated on how you write the programming for it. But look, Scott shot amazing. Yeah. I guess my question would be as great of a, a shooter as he is, is that a repeatable performance for him? That's my question, you know, so in this case, with Joey still being first, I don't disagree with the rankings at this point. Um, yeah, it's
1: uh, it's it's kind of a body of work thing.
0: Right. So I, is, I I get why
1: go ahead. I was gonna not take anything away from Scott. I mean he did win two nationals pro no. now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh Wow! Well, like, uh, yeah, yeah. I think I think Nil
0: stole one from him last year.
1: <laughs> oh, wasn't it, so it was two, two years back then. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so, but but yeah. I mean, look, Scott is a great shooter. So, but it was and what I'm getting is he dominated that match. Like from beginning to end, he was on. Yeah. So it was a very impressive. I know.
1: I'm I'm not sure if there was if it was a like a penalty or a malfunction or something on Joey's part. I know he had one stage that uh, like in the ratings, there's like a clear dip and that typically indicates uh, some major disaster of of some kind, but I don't know what the story is there exactly.
0: Yeah. I don't either. Yeah. Yeah. Because at the end of day one, I mean, if you looked at practice score competitor app and looked at the, um, the points obtainable, maximum points Mm -hmm. obtainable, Scott had a 126 point lead on Joey at the end of day two. You know, so, I mean, at that point it was, well, I don't want to say well out of reach because anything can happen, but he had a huge lead going into day three where it's like, as long as he shot consistent and did well, there wasn't, there wasn't going to be an issue with anybody catching him.
1: Uh, Well, one of the, so one of the things that hit Joey's rating is that he, uh, shot three alpha and three Mike on the, uh, what's it called stage? The, the build drill stage. Oh, what stage was that, by the way? That was number five. So the, what happened was they, uh, they put a stage five into the same stage as Bay four and everything after that moved up one number in the, like compared to the matchbook. Okay.
0: I gotcha. That's why I couldn't figure out looking at the matchbook. I couldn't figure it out. So yeah, that was that was, right. that
1: was the, that was the secret.
0: Look at that. And, and Phil won the build drill. Wow. That's
1: by one, one hundredth of a second over <laughs> KC. Wow. Yeah. On a, on a drill like that, that's what it comes down to a lot of the time.
0: There's a lot of fast time, like 173. You go yep.
1: Phil. That's solid and clean. Yeah. it's very solid.
0: I'm trying to see where, where Nils finished out there. I'm going to have to, just out of curiosity.
1: I've got him in 86th with- uh, Okay.
0: This is showing t- 84th, but 86, oh, yeah. 84. Yeah. Yeah. There might way. be
1: there, there might be some ties uh, which aren't handled quite the same way. Or actually I might have the, yeah, that's what it is. I've got the, uh, I've got my score DQs option on for the guys who finished that stage before they disqualified. Oh,
0: before they got DQ'd? Yeah. Okay. Well, and he says he's not a fast shooter like that. Yeah. So that's impressive that somebody who, again, I mean, we're talking, you look at, I mean, KC, as fast as he was, a 174 on a build drill, and, you know, he's still looking up in the rankings to Max Leo Grandis, who is no slouch, yeah. but but he, he's never won anything nationally or been in the hunt for anything nationally, pistol-wise. Yeah. So very impressive. Now we're, um, I'm sure you have... I've got your Instagram post up. So yeah. before we get to that, I'm going to ask you about because I did have a question about it, and that was again going back to Joey. I get why you that ranking is there. I and I agree with it, but with the women and carry optics, I was confused as to why. Ashley Robinson is more than fifty points ahead of Morgan Leonhardt when Morgan has been first or second nationally for the last three years, the last three seasons.
1: In carry optics? Yep. In in the latest, I have uh I have Ashley uh, substantially below Morgan I actually have Morgan. Oh at, you do? Uh, like yeah, on okay. top of the uh, the the ratings there. Although yeah. Well that's uh, I wonder that's what I was looking also there it might have been an older set uh she morgan gained a bunch off of her uh her area eight finish like she came pretty close i think to just winning carry optics there she was uh, like 92 percent so that's like give her give her like a couple of years and that's uh like i think she might have well, at a stage never mind yeah match wise she was 96 percent yeah at area eight okay and that's like there are some solid people on that list too. Like uh, there's Chris Sandelsky uh, Hempel. She actually beat Hempel by uh, by a nose. I don't know by two percent. Never mind.
0: Well, uh, she's no slouch. I mean, she's Absolutely, a hell of yeah. a shooter. So no, I, I,
1: I, the, it's not. I don't think it's a. Uh, it's not like a pandering prediction. I think to say she's probably going to win a major sometime the next year or two, just like outright win carry optics.
0: Right. Yeah, she was the the ladies' national champ in 21. Mm. So. Yeah, she's. I mean, her and Justine, they go back and forth with. Yeah. Trading places throughout the match, so. It's like, uh, if it weren't for Max Leo Grandis last year, Justine would have had a PCC. Yeah. National champ, overall national championship. Yep. But that guy's crazy.
1: Yeah, he's, so he's a good. he's a very tough nut to crack. He's. I think he's got one of the bigger gaps from first to second in uh, like in the Elo ratings. What is the gap there? Uh, So in the current set, he's got eighteen ninety eight to seventeen fifty eight. So he's got like a hundred and forty or so. Wow! Yeah, Yeah.
0: that's a big one.
1: That's that's pretty predictive. I know. So uh, Pogey's pretty similar over uh, McGinty now. Now after this last nationals, like nineteen ninety three to eighteen forty five.
0: And I get that. I mean, that guy is he's very dominant in that division. Yeah.
1: Okay. Yeah.
0: Nineteen ninety three to eighteen forty five. That's interesting that the ratings have. Or am I, Maybe I'm. Just, oh, I'm just looking at the. Um, all right. So I'm looking at your post from a day ago.
1: Oh, so those. What, uh, the ratings from that, that post yesterday, the ones that have the, the one that has the updates, that's just people who competed uh, in Handgun Nationals.
0: And, okay. That's yep. where that confusion is coming in. Okay. Are you seeing any more tweaks that you may need to do down the road
1: or? There are a couple of things that I'd like to. Um, the big task I think this off season is going to be support for more than one sport. Uh, there's some interest from PCSL for kind of bringing this in as like a first party part of their uh, like classification and rating system. That, that's kind of exciting. Um,
0: yeah, that's good. I yeah, like that.
1: Absolutely, yeah. Uh, USPS is interested too. I, I had conversations about that at carry optics nationals uh, and then again just this weekend uh, with jake and rick um,
0: well and and i've gone on the record i've said publicly so here i'm doing it again <laughs>
1: that i i think
0: this system should be adopted instead of the top 20 thing they have on the uspsa website this is much more up to date it's current it's the people who are active We don't need people in the top 20 that haven't shot in a while. You know, I'd like to see, let's look at actually who is current. Plus the the other thing that I think is your rating system should be used to
1: determine who is on the super squad. Uh, There might be something to that. I think certainly for the super squad side, uh, in the sense that a, like the ratings I publish require participation at masters, uh, at majors rather Um, that. I think is a relatively sensible prerequisite for, um, for, for certainly for Super Squad slots. Maybe for some proportion of uh, of open slots too, in, in place or in addition to some of the uh, like the area match and major match performance slots. I think there might be some room for like rating performance slots as well. Yeah, yeah. I, uh, I, again, I, because but. Like uh, participation majors, that's not a super high bar to clear. The I, I've done a lot of work to try and make sure that the ratings take into account people who don't shoot a ton to like to get them still accurately placed against their peers. Okay. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I. And there are um. Like, and maybe you can add a little bit to this, but I feel like June Kim won Area Eight in open um and he almost and he placed high in i want to say area three and he did very well again at um oh shoot that big match in texas every year so he had at least Uh, three majors yeah dragon's cup thank you so he has at least three majors in open where he did very well would that be enough for someone? Do you think to break into that top fifteen to be on a super squad or no? Yeah,
1: well, looking at his uh, looking at his ratings now, uh, he has eighty two stages shot in open, and that gets him to an Elo of seventeen sixty four, which is ninth. So yeah,
0: okay. But I'm wondering if that, that was well, the case minus open uh, uh, that...
1: nationals what was his change from nationals? So let's take a look. That was the last match he okay. shot. Uh, so he was up 31. So he would have been, I think well, 11th without that or 10th, 10th or 11th. Okay. So he still would have been on the super squad. Yeah. But
0: And that's what I'm getting at is that's the exact point I'm getting at right there is I was like, I felt he should have been on the super squad with his performances this year in open. Cause he just switched. He shot all carry optics last year. January, he makes a switch. Um, This is where I think your rating system is even more beneficial because instead of having somebody on who hasn't shot in a year, but because they were whatever last year on the super squad, now they're going to be on it again this year, but they may not be relevant. Yeah. I like the idea of replacing the top 20 thing with a, a current rating system. Top twenty in each division because that's legit, you know. Yeah. And then super squad selection.
1: I do think I, I, I always say I like classification because it's a game that you can play nationally without having to go to major matches. You can you can play the classification game solely at club matches you go to, and there's there's value in that too. I think, and I'd I'd probably want to keep some kind of classification leaderboard. It's fun to see your name on there, uh, even if. Like everything except for for GMs, kind of like a, a mathematical accident, I guess. This classification classification's not a closest without going over game. It's like you always want the number to go up. Okay. So like just just happening to be you know like a seventy four point nine percent B, I guess is uh, like it actually happened to me. I, I think I was uh, number one on almost every revolver top twenty column from C to to GM and. <laughs> Just like it, oh, wow. it, it happened to work out that way, I just, I just narrowly missed getting to the next class, and I would have a I'd have like a <laughs> couple of weeks on the top of those before the, the next class. bar I went in and bumped me. Okay, <laughs> but yeah, so it's, it's kind of, it's like a a fun little achievement, I guess, in in the sense that it's unlikely to happen, but it's not. I don't consider it like a huge achievement in terms of uh, you know in terms of um, like okay. the other ones <laughs> in my career so far. Yeah,
0: right. So I take it. Number 5 is your highest finish at a national mm-hmm. so far?
1: Well this okay. is my 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 second nationals and uh, I jumped okay. four places and about 10% against uh against Pogge, So
0: Okay. what did you think shooting on the same squad with him?
1: Well he's a he's a fairly quiet and uh he's like he's not super talkative on the range, which I I get. I'm not super talkative on the range either. Uh Right. So I, I said I said that to Tim Heron. Um I was like I was maybe two or three away from shooting and he said, You're kind of quieter. So I'm, I'm a lot more personal when I'm not shooting.
0: <laughs> and that makes sense.
1: Yep. Yeah. No, I uh I always like e- even at matches I work, I've the kind of, I kind of pre-apologize most like for my squad base. Like I'm actually I'm not I'm not a jerk. I just like I get really focused. So
0: I was uh just at the Carolina Classic
1: and they have
0: all ro reset and paste yeah and it really changes the dynamic of the squads because i just recorded an episode and posted it with them and what i was telling them was i noticed that there was actually more conversation going on Mm -hmm. because as i said there was there's no stress to get back get your stuff cleaned up, reload your mags, and get out and help resetting the stage. So that is gone. So you get back. I saw people come back, relax, take their time. I saw more people cleaning mags than I've ever seen in my entire life because they actually had the time, you know? Yep. And they were doing all this extra stuff, but they're also talking to people and there's real conversation going on. I'm like, that would be nice if it was at nationals, where yeah, I mean I could. You had that time.
1: I could get behind a staff Reset national. I actually went to a uh, to a staff Reset match this year the uh, the low cap classic down at uh, at Bluegrass Sportsman's League. Which okay, if if there's another one, I recommend uh, if you have any interest at all in like a capacity limited division, go shoot that. If Leif does another one, because it was a great match uh, last year. Um, but yeah, I like. I liked it. I also it took like I took some adjustment. I didn't like know what to do with myself (laughs) in between. Yeah, that and they run you through really quick, uh, like in a good, like a well put together staff reset match. So if your process is like I'm going to start like get into my into my headspace when I'm in the hole, it's like well I probably start when I'm in the deep hole now because that's like it's uh, in in the hole to shooting is like two minutes at some of these places. Right. Yeah.
0: Yeah, but I get that. But you know. You have that time to adjust, to focus, to get in the right frame of mind, and then then it's done and it's over and you can relax again. And um, it's a totally different atmosphere. So I really really enjoyed watching the interaction of people in the squads because, again, I've never – the next weekend I was at Virginia State – or no, I'm sorry, two weeks later I was at Virginia State completely different atmosphere because mm-hmm. those guys are you know getting in the mind to shoot and, and then they shoot and they come back and they're trying to get their stuff done they're watching people they're trying to record stuff and yeah it's just all go and no time to relax and chat
1: absolutely yeah although like i, I don't do a ton of relaxing on on shooting days anyway uh, <laughs> I, 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 I find for myself i feel like there's almost more uh more room for relaxing when I finish shooting early on in the shooting order and know that I have, you know, 45 minutes till the next time I'm going to be called to the line to shoot. Uh, Yeah. With like, staff reset, when you can get through 10 stages in half a day on like a moderately small squad, there's, it's, it's a, it's a very high pace.
0: Yeah, and that's what they did on, on Saturday. There was a morning session and an afternoon session. But even then, I saw those people chatting and, and talking. Not everybody, you know, but I did see more of it than I would normally see at a regular match that wasn't staff reset. So it's yeah. very, very interesting. Uh, I actually liked it. I, but I also said that I can see where if you're a quiet person, you're there from out of town by yourself, you don't really know anybody, it could be a little bit boring because... You're you're not really gonna socialize as much as everybody else. Yeah, and, and you know this is where maybe resetting would be nice because it gives you something to do. But yeah, but that's the only downside I can find.
1: I do like the half day schedule on the basis that it uh, like there's time for socializing afterward. As I, one of, okay. one of the things that the Low Cap Classic did was uh, Friday staff match, I believe. Saturday AM and PM competitor squads, and then a dinner at the end. Oh, and okay, on Saturday. Yeah, yeah. So, getting most people who shot the match ended up coming to the dinner because uh, if you're unless you're finishing on Saturday morning and want to hit the road early, you're pretty much going to need to uh, stay the night anyway. Unless, unless you're local, and if you're local, you might as well just go dinner, uh, to dinner. Sure. So, uh, yeah. It was, so it was a, it was a pretty well attended thing, and I, I got to meet a, a couple of cool people that I had only formerly known online.
0: Now, did did they have any shooting on Sunday, or was it just Saturday?
1: Uh, it was Saturday only. I believe they left the stages up and shot a local on the same stages on Sunday, and people who stayed mm. helped tear down and got like a second crack at them for uh, for cheaper.
0: Okay, hmm, I like the I like the the dinner at the end. I mean, that's a yeah. that's a nice social event
1: there, and it, it is challenging to do unless you have a schedule that has everybody. On the range on the final day right it's kind of the same thing with nationals if it were if you shot it all in one day and then uh you you, say you shot it on friday and dinner was on sunday you might not stick around
0: until next time don't be a little bitch yeah